0: This is Hope Alive Radio Station, shaping minds for a better future.
1: And then in studio today, I have the honor of having Pastor Johnston Makubu. I don't know if I should say Pastor today or I should uh, introduce you with your uh, professional title because that is what I want you to do. So for those who don't know, he is the Chief uh, Financial Officer for SARS. So that is why I want to make it as a public official and we be de- dealing with public officials. <laughs> and then also... Joining us via Zoom, we have Kahi Sopo, who is a political analyst from the Northwest University. Good evening, gentlemen. Welcome.
2: Uh, Good good evening to to you, Zama, and to your listeners. Uh, It's such a privilege to be here, and uh, we look forward to an engagement that will uh, uplift us and bring us to the knowledge of the truth.
1: Thank you. Kahi, so are you with us? How are you?
3: Uh, I'm well, Zama. So just a quick correction. I used to be at Northwest University. Now I'm at the Vitt School of Governance.
1: Oh, yeah, yeah. So you're going to come to the studio next time I call you again? all right (laughs) thank you so let's just get right to it so can you please tell us so the reason why we're having this discussion and i felt like it's good that we understand it because some people don't know what a secular state is some people don't know what the constitution says when it comes to our rights do you can you please tell us what is a secular state because people are saying Uh, we shouldn't pray. South Africa is a secular state. Can you please explain to our viewers what that means?
3: All right, Nazama, thanks for having me. Uh, I think such a great question, because when people say secularism in South Africa, what they don't say is what it actually means. Because most people, and I have to say, it's it's always a small minority within the media fraternity seem to, seem to equate secularism with an absence of God from the public sector, which is actually a false notion because secularism comes in many different formats. And I'll just use just your mundane examples, just, just to make the point, because classical secularism was not saying that you do not have a right to be a person of faith or let's be in the context of today, we'll just say Christianity. It simply says, when you come to the public sphere, you have to allow for space for other, for lack of a better word, lifestyles, which is whether you're agnostic, atheist or something in between. And this doesn't mean that you as a Christian now seem to, you must disappear. You seem to have to put on a different personality altogether. And a classical example of the different types of secularism is if you look at France, France is very clear. They, their version of secularism is to say there is no religion in the public sphere. Mm-hmm. That is why sometimes in France, uh, you see Muslim people have been, the state could simply say, you're not allowed to wear hijab, which is a traditional garb, or sometimes su- civil servants are not allowed to wear crosses, doesn't just show them openly. So that's one version of secularism. Mm-hmm. Then you have a state like uh, Israel. Israel is a secular state, but it also says, listen, we might be a secular state, but we have a bias towards uh, the Jewish faith. Mm-hmm. That doesn't mean now that everything within the state simply goes for Jews. It simply says, listen, that's how we put it out there, but the state and the courts can still operate in such a way that they're not going to be biased against other religions. And then I think the classical example is the one people probably most know about, which is America, mm-hmm. which is a secular state, but it doesn't mean there's an absence of, uh, you're not allowed to show your faith, whether in the public sphere or even even in, pu- in public office, as you see many presidents in America tend to do so my problem with it within the context of south africa and then i'll touch on the issue of the chief justice is mm-hmm. you get a minority of people who themselves do not explain what type of secularism you're speaking about because mm-hmm. within the south african context we took a, a viewpoint that says religion does exist you are allowed, as the constitution says to practice your right but we also say we are not going to be a theocratic state which is a state a, a simple example is like Saudi Arabia where we say look or even the Vatican City where you say listen we are openly and we also only endorse a Christian or a Muslim's point of view so I think it's good that you're having this problem this program because what you tend to find in South Africa is that people are not being informed people say no it's secular and then when you ask them what do you mean <laughs> they say but no it means absence of God It's like no as I've said there's three different types of secularism so and I'll just leave it for that for now
1: Mm-hmm. And then, uh, Pastor Makoba, I want you to come in here. You, you are a public servant. Do people at work know that you're a pastor?
2: Certainly. Uh, people, people know that I'm a pastor, and I uh, don't hide or you know, shy away from, from letting people know that, that I'm a pastor. Mm-hmm. I think it's fundamental to the point that um, has that just been raised around the fact that our country Uh, does uh, embrace uh, secularism that uh, is a concoction of uh, religion that is uh, accepted to be in existence, but also allows those that are agnostic to religion to also coexist. Therefore, I I am bound, I am given rights. Uh, Section 16 of the Constitution Mm -hmm. allows me the right to express my religion, um, Mm -hmm. even in my workspace. Um, And if you understand that uh, my practice of my Christianity feeds uh, everything that I do, there is no way I can be able to hide who I am in terms of my spiritual belief. Mm -hmm. Sure.
1: So, like, I want to understand this. So, whenever the Chief Justice prays, right there's going to be an outcry. There's going to be an uproar. And then I, I just need to put this out. I've actually extended a word of invite to SANEF, which is the South African Editors Forum, for them to come and explain how news works. How do we cover news? Because sometimes we blow things out of proportion and some people may not understand that. But then now I want to understand, uh, Pastor Makubu, Like when you are invited to go and uh, let's say maybe you're an MC or you're given giving a speech somewhere, let's say maybe to the chartered accountants of South Africa. At the end, do you pray or you don't? And when you take on that opportunity to invite God or to pray, are you not in a way imposing your belief on those people? Because that is the argument that is out there.
2: Sure. So um, I, I think it's important that we sketch out the fact that uh, wherever we find ourselves as officials, there is a context. Mm -hmm. So when I am going to deliver financials or going to report about uh, revenue as part of my job uh, in parliament to a standing committee on finance, the context there is a particular context. Mm-hmm. I'm not invited there as a, as a pastor, neither am I invited there as, a, as necessarily a Christian. Mm-hmm. And it, it may just appear absurd if I just ask the chair that I would like to start off my presentation with prayer. Mm-hmm. Because the context that I'm invited in is a context that is of a particular nature. So it becomes very important that I'm able to understand the context within which I'm, I'm in and be able to exercise if the context calls for me as a public official as a professional I exercise myself in that context if it's in a professional context but people have also appreciated the fact that I am a pastor I am a child of God and would want me to also exercise that they would in my invitation make it very clear that they expect me to do to do that mm-hmm. Um, however, if I go to my office and I get to work, I normally get to work at half past six in the morning, and it is my ritual that when I get to my workplace, I will get into my office and I'll pray, mm-hmm. uh, and I'm praying for everybody that is in there. And it's known that he gets into the office at half past six, and as part of his ritual is mm-hmm. that he prays. He prays. So, so for me, it's very important that I understand the context within which I get invited. If I'm invited and I'm able to fit myself into that particular context. Mm-hmm. I, I, I think we, we'll probably come back to, to that, because mm-hmm. if, you, if you miss the context, you may misrepresent yourself yes. um, uh, and, and bring shame rather than honor to that which you stand for.
1: Mm-hmm. And then, Kakhezo, let me bring you in here. So we know that South Africa has uh, three states of uh, of government, right? We have the executive, the legislature, and the judiciary. And then uh, Chief Justice Mokhoeng Mokhoeng, he is the head of the judiciary, basically. And then now part of um, our, if I can say them, civil organizations, they've come out to say that the position that he's in, it is dangerous for him to pray, basically, we're not going to say for him to exercise his faith. It's dangerous for him to pray because uh, he he holds a, a whole lot of influence, right? Can you take us through what are some of the positions, if I can put them like that, that some people may view them as too influential for a person to say I'm a Christian. I I'm mean, I'm, I'm Islam and stuff like that. What are those? Because what if Cyril Ramaphosa decides tomorrow to wake up and pray? So what are the positions that one has to be cautious about when they're fulfilling those?
3: Well, I, I like what the previous uh, 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 presenter said, that the pastor mm-hmm. said, it, it's about context. Mm-hmm. Uh, and because and I've been thinking a lot about this, and, and it's very odd that, you know, you, you get a certain group, and I think we should be very honest in, in how we how we appraise this. Because if somebody is agnostic or an atheist, and they come forward and say, look, it it's very dangerous, I always want to ask, what do you, <laughs> what's the danger? Yes. Because if you, in fact, what you're saying is, I don't trust South Africans to be able to think for themselves that this person who's carrying out what they say is their religious right. Therefore, in order to protect South Africans, from, I am going to think for them and say, listen, Mr. Chief Justice, you're not going to pray. That's a bit absurd, especially if you look at, as I said, the issue for me is it's always the international context. Mm-hmm. Because if if you're going to raise this argument, and I, and I think that's what we should do with, uh, with practitioners we raise is to say, First tell us what is the danger mm-hmm. and if you cannot tell me what you spell out the danger then you're gonna i think what they probably say is that no it makes people feel uncomfortable well if i'm not mistaken there is a huge swath of south africans who i uh, think look whether how you however way you define christianity but i think according to the last census most people said listen that that's the one who, that's either the culture or the faith that we identify as so you're simply saying that listen you're excluding a huge swath of people simply to look after people you, you yourself cannot account for. Because if you speak to the average South African, and this is where I think it's always a litmus test. I don't really think it, it bothers them because this is what they do in their daily lives. And I'll use mm. one classical example. On January the 8th, for the last 24, if not 30 years, the African national Congress will hold their meeting. Yes, They will call various religious leaders to come in and do whatever it is that they want to do. Mm-hmm. And one, and some of them happen to be Christian. I've never heard people come forward and say, well, the ANC must stop that. Yes. And the, because the same president of the Republic is there and the various people of the NEC. For me, I think we, the way I contextualize it, I think it's a, I call it the varying form of leftist agenda within South Africa, which says, listen, I'm uncomfortable with religion, therefore everybody is, without actually saying, listen, let's test your notions, like I said, you say circular, what do you mean by it? Mm. And secondly, why are you denying people their very right? Because for me, the critical issue is as the, the previous uh speaker said, even with the chief justice, because this is where people find it very hard, is they could find nothing wrong with the work he does. Mm-hmm. In terms of he's doing his professional duty, he does it perfectly.
0: Mm-hmm. So
3: people are not coming up with many things which again, they're imposing their personal beliefs without saying what is it attached to. Because again, he's never really – yes, he said, listen, ideally, for me, in an ideal world, it's to be a Christian. However, even within Christianity, and more I speak about Protestantism than anything else, it's the choice you give people. You never force them into doing anything. And for me, it's a bit of a hypocrisy to be able to say, people, no, no, you can't do this, because you're saying South Africans cannot think for themselves, which says to me, but why are you trying to think for me?
1: Mm-hmm. Okay, so we we're we also inviting our listeners to, to partake in this discussion because hey, ma questions <laughs> It's a lot of information. So uh, you can find us on Facebook. We are Hope Alive Radio Station. On Twitter is Hope Alive underscore radio, and then you can also send us your voice note. Please keep them less than a minute. We are on 067-153-1089. It's 0671531089. And then to add on one uh what Cachiso uh, was saying, uh, the Chief Justice actually prayed in in Parliament. This is where it first started, right? He prayed in Parliament, saying that, uh, uh, "Let us pray." He said, "Meditate." he said whatever to whatever god you believe in he opened it up and what i found interesting was that during the president's speech uh Cyril Ramaphosa he actually thanked the chief justice which is actually funny and i'll let me co- let me read what he said he said i want to thank you chief justice for doing an unprecedented act of going on your knees and praying not only for this parliament but praying for our nation i wish it was broadcast so that everyone in the land, could hear what uh, what uh, prayer the Chief Justice was offering. It was wonderful to have a Chief Justice who's not only a person deeply uh, steeped in judicial pr- in jurisprudence, but also a person deeply steeped in matters of faith. And then he said, "Thank you very much, Chief Justice Pastor, uh, Pastor Mukubu. Do you think uh, people are just are taking C J Mukoye, or oh, it's not about faith? They are taking him as a person, not the faith."
2: Look, I, th- I think, um, in general, people have accepted that um, even if even if it's the Speaker of Parliament uh, at any given time, he will give an opportunity for people of different faiths to uh, have a moment of devotion, and and it, and therefore it it points that there is no there is no issue about praying mm-hmm. per se, uh, and I think. And I think, to be honest with, with us, um, it would be a betrayal of Section 16 of the Constitution if we said that people shouldn't pray, mm-hmm. simply because they are public officials. But I think, uh, for me, I've got the right of expression, I've got the right of association, it's guaranteed in the Constitution, so I think we should be able to to, to deal with this issue from that premise, because I think uh, you are guaranteed those rights by the Bill of Rights, Chapter 2 of the Constitution, and therefore um, um, those that hold themselves to the supreme law of the country should be able to allow you to have that prayer and to allow allow you to exercise your faith. So I, I don't necessarily think that the issue is about prayer per se. I think uh, it's the content of the prayer that that people might have wanted to raise. Um, and and I, again, uh, when we want to talk about the issue of the content of the prayer, we need to ask ourselves, what is a prayer? Mm. Because a prayer is a communication between a between man and God, and we understand that uh, prayer is a sp- spiritual exercise. Mm-hmm and and therefore those that are not in the spiritual realm may not necessarily understand uh, what is being um, targeted and being aimed at and and with the lack of understanding and failure to invest time in the in 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 that spiritual exercise it's likely that people may misattack or attack unknowingly what is being exercised so I, I'm of the view that um, that uh, there is not necessarily, in my understanding, uh, an opposition of of prayer because there has been instances in the past where there was not an uproar to a prayer per se. Uh, and the uproar that we are see- seeing now is an uproar as a result. In effect, uh, there's many other events that we go to and we are asked, the moment they find out that you are a pastor and you are it's a public official it's a public uh, gathering mm-hmm. of officials in the state you are then asked to say please come and 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 pray oh. um <laughs> and and they may also just uh for for, for, for that just to underscore that uh, I've been in events where um the extension was given to anybody of any faith mm-hmm. to come and offer a prayer and uh you stand up and you pray and then they ask is there anybody else and there's nobody else and the program continues, mm. because uh, I would imagine that the MCs would have wanted to give a fair chance to everybody. Mm-hmm. I, I do want to stress this issue of, um, of the the content of the prayer, because mm. uh, I, I think if we're going to deal the subject, we need to deal the subject, um, if you want to link it back to, to the Chief Justice, uh, which I, I don't know whether we really want to or we want to talk in general about prayer, in in public service. Mm -hmm. There is a code of conduct, by the way, for all public servants. And that code of conduct um, um, does not prohibit any public official from exercising their religion in the workplace.
1: I'm going to come back to that because uh, uh, the CEO of Freedom Under Law, Nicole Fritz, she actually said something to that. But then let's take a break and and have water. You are listening to Hope Alive. Streaming live from Hope Restoration Ministries, Captain Park, South Africa. And welcome back to Pushing Boundaries. Those who are on Twitter, please make me trend. Please make us trend. It's hashtag Pushing Boundaries, hashtag Hope alive Radio. And then, Kaheso, let me come back to you, right? Um, according to the census that was done in 2001, I think they should do another one. Anyway, uh, nearly 80% of South Africans identify as Christians, Right? according to that, why do you think that sometimes we lack when it comes to defending our faith? Because this 80% includes you guys as at academics, includes the intellectuals, includes everyone there. But why are we not seeing a lot of people coming out to defend? Let me just say Chief Justice Mkhwek Mkhwek, because at this point in time, he is the he is in the center of this whole debate.
3: Well, I answer it in two ways. I'll I'll go with the you know as I said when I started this uh, the different uh, how do I put it flavors of Christianity. If you look at it from a theological point of view, you know to say to say Christianity would include how do I put would include even tradition. What what's term traditional Africans your your zccs and everything else. So it's always interesting when I have this debate, even when my friends, to say, "Listen, when you say a Christian in South Africa, w- you need to be quite specific. Which ones are you speaking about?" And also, it's the history of our, uh, of if you, especially liberation movement. If many people might not remember, but O.R. Tambo was a very staunch Christian himself, mm-hmm. and he was very open even about his faith.
0: Mm-hmm. But
3: one of the things in your writing saying which has been maybe a, a weakness has been, I think, the issue of, and I think it's been. A big mistake amongst christians or even i'll say the i'll say christian leadership and for lack of a better word within within south africa is that people seem to equate they say there is my personal point of view there's me there's me The per-. it's called dualism within theology there's me the person and then there's me the christian mm-hmm. and i think uh, in south africa this dualism exists quite a lot where people somehow they separate their soul in them, themselves and their work
0: mm-hmm.
3: and you know i think that's that's the root of the problem now, it could also simply mean that people are saying, listen, while a lot of people are not happy with the, because what is, let's be honest, is blatant attacks on the chief justice, mm-hmm. they also feel as though, look, eh, how do you put it, you know, you could have maybe picked uh, the uh, different topics to be playing on on the day, because you know these people are always going to come after you. Mm-hmm. So, it, it, that's what I'm saying it, it's two ways to look at it. But I'll give you my third perspective of why it doesn't happen, is that, and, and this I'm always open to being challenged on is that for a lot of people who proclaim, I call them birth certificate Christians, which is I came into a Christian family, my mother and my father go to Christian to church on Sunday, but I've not had the conviction within myself to actually stand up for my faith. Because I think it's a. Uh, also, if you look at the rich history of Judaism, mm-hmm. there's an active tradition of debating, because I think they, they quote the book of Isaiah when he says, come, let us reason you and I, mm-hmm. Isaiah speaking to the Lord. So within Judaism, there so there's an active culture. Yet I think within, and I'll be very specific, within a lot of our African churches who claim to be Christian, they don't encourage that active debate. Mm-hmm. They say, listen, you cannot be Christian on Sunday and then disappear for a whole week And then when things go wrong in the world, you only come to us on on Sunday again. So that's just my third perspective that I think it comes from a position where there's a lot of birth certificate Christians. And then Mm -hmm. there's people who really say, listen, this is my faith. But maybe sometimes I just don't agree with everything the chief justice says, Mm -hmm. but I'm more than willing to debate my faith within a public discourse. Mm -hmm. So I think those are three ways I just simply look at them. But again, I stand to be corrected as always.
1: Okay, I said you learning on the theology part. I, I love it. <laughs> Pastor Mokubo, Matthew 6, verse uh, chapter 6, verse 6, it says, I'm reading from the NIV version, right? It says, but when you pray, go into your room, close your door, pray to your father who is unseen. Then your father who sees what is done in secret will reward you, right? Isn't it that some people take this scripture and say, if the Chief Justice, for example, is concerned about corruption, because that was his prayer. Like he, we, we don't know what he said, but th- when he spoke about prayer and meditation in Parliament, he he raised the issue of corruption and rebuilding South Africa. And then now he's, he prayed about the vaccine, which we know that COVID-19 is out there. Our, some Christians, let me put it like that, some Christians not using the scripture as a... um uh, The word is gone. Like as <laughs> as a, as, a, as a way to say, but we shouldn't pray in public. Are they like take us through the scripture? What it actually means? Does it mean that if I'm concerned about upastama kubamanchi, I must not pray for him? I must just go into my closet and pray.
2: Sure. So uh, in in theology, there is something that is called exegesis. It's the interpretation of scripture. It's very mm-hmm. important to be understood. If you look at Matthew chapter number six, um, there is a comparative. That is being put forward there. There is, and strangely enough, the Bible talks about hypocrites that pray mm-hmm. and talks about how we ought then to pray in relation to what Jesus doesn't want us to pray like, i.e., hypocrites. He says, Don't go out to the streets. He he says, if you give, don't make people uh don't do it to blow your own trumpet. Mm-hmm. So so there is a behavior that is being addressed here. Mm-hmm. He says as compared to wanting to be the center of attention, rather go into your closet, Mm -hmm. it's a situational text Mm. that is comparative in nature. It's comparing two instances, Mm -hmm. an instance where there is hypocrites, and we know that, and he says, even by the way, those hypocrites have already gotten their reward. Mm -hmm. Um, And he says, I don't want you to be entangled in such type of practices where it's about you and you going into into the public and showcasing so as not to give glory to God, but to draw attention to yourselves. Mm-hmm. So, so that context of that scripture, that's why we, it's very important that when we read scripture, we read it in the understanding of the context it's a comparative context and jesus says rather than going to that extreme i would prefer that you go into your closet mm-hmm. and, and 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 pray in that particular way is this prescriptive uh, in nature is this absolutist in nature not necessarily it's not the only way we ought to pray but there are instances where we need to go into our closet and pray. There are instances where we need to be in the public domain and we ought to be praying. Jesus was in synagogues in public himself mm-hmm. and as a public figure for that matter because Jesus, we must not forget that uh, he became a public figure. Mm-hmm. Jesus grew in stature with God and with men, meaning he became a public figure. But we do find him praying in public. Mm. We also do find him going to the desert, yes. uh, drawing out finding a space for him to pray in private. Mm. So this is not a prescriptive manner to say, you ought to close your... I mean, otherwise wouldn't be praying in church. Yes. <laughs> I would need to make sure that there are cubicles where we can get in, close the doors and then pray. Mm-hmm. The context is a comparative context. And he's saying... Other than doing what these uh, hypocrites are doing, I would prefer that you you pray. Mm-hmm. I, I would be very surprised if there's a Christian, mm. a true Christian, mm-hmm. because I think we also ought to. And I'd like to latch on to the last point. Yes, that we are Christian because of our spiritual conviction that is word based. Mm. It's not because it's a lifestyle that you know. I found that uh, around my estate, everybody else calls himself a Christian, and they meet at the clubhouse ever so often. And I like the lifestyle, and then I jump into it. Mm. It's a personal conviction, as such, based on Scripture, Holy Scriptures. So, so we we ought to make sure that when we say no, but he shouldn't be praying because Matthew six six, six, six yeah. says so. We better have invested it adequate time. Mm. And I'd really like to challenge Christians mm. those that bring about a different flavor to the flavor that we understand the true fundamental uh, gospel to be about, to really bring that flavor with an understanding of scripture. Mm -hmm. Because what what bases all of us as children of God is scripture. Mm -hmm. And we can't find our own philosophical um, probing that is different from scripture. We Mm -hmm. must base ourselves in the scripture. By the way, scripture confirms scripture yes. so you can't find Matthew 6 and 6 and stick there you must find confirmation of that scripture mm-hmm. in other scripture then yes. we can have a conversation
1: you are still tuned in to pushing boundaries with myself and I have uh, our political analyst and uh, Mr Pastor oh, but uh, do we have any voice notes there do we have any listeners wanting to engage with us
0: yeah, let's hear This is Michael Wona. I'm actually calling in to quickly make an input on whether is uh, the Chief Justice attacked as an individual or he's attacked as a Christian. I personally don't believe that he's actually attacked as, a, as an individual because uh, remember at the beginning when he started, he was attacked as a person. As an individual, they called him Mohu Moku. They alleged that he actually was appointed as a puppet of Jacob Zuma. But over the years, he's dealt with that one. His credibility in terms of his practice as a judge cannot be questioned. You know, he's uh, practiced without any fear or favor. You know, so that part I believe that he's dealt with effectively. However, I believe that he's actually attacked as a Christian and. It's high time that we as Christians must stop being apologetic about our beliefs. You know, we were banned from schools, you know. Uh, uh, Schools are no longer allowed to actually uh, have Christian um, displays or activities in school. And now they are attacking him. So I think it's high time that we as Christians in this country stop being apologetic, you know. Because in any case, this is a Christian country in terms of the majority. A majority of the people in this country are Christian. I don't know why you must apologize for being Christian. So Christianity, it's time that we take a stand and actually stand behind the judge and say, uh, we are tired of this, we are not apologetic, we are Christian, we are here, people have got to accept us because we, re- we respect other religions. So in a similar way, they have to respect us. Thank you so much for your time. And I think it's a good...
1: Thank you, thank you, uh, Brother Mike. Uh, thank you for that <laughs> input. And then um, I want us to talk about uh, Freedom Under Law and all these other organizations that we have out there that have voiced their their their, their dissatisfaction of the, the, the conduct of Chief Just, Justice Mokwang And for those who don't know, uh, he's been in office for the past eight years. I remember during this whole ruckus, people were saying, show us one judgment that he has delivered that was influenced by his Christian values or one judgment that he based on the Bible and throughout all the research that I've done and all the talk shows that I've listened to, no one has been able to bring us such uh, evidence so if you are out there and you're listening and you know of a case uh, or a judgment that Chief Justice Mkhoi 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 has delivered and you feel like, ah, we one more he was influenced by Matthew 6 verse 60 <laughs> send us a voice note on 67 153 and then, Carizo. Uh, so let me quote this: the CEO of uh, Freedom Under Law, Nicole Fritz. She said, "She she said that the public conduct, the action, and the speech that we, the public, can observe, must reflect on the institution of the judiciary." What do you think about that? Because her argument is that the chief justice, you know, he must portray the judiciary and he must not say anything that is going to bring uh, contestation to the judiciary. And then uh, I think on uh, seven or Cape Talk, she even said that um, now people are not are going to be afraid to go to the chief justice. Let's say maybe the vaccine turns out to be pr- uh, a problem. They're going to be afraid to go to him. Can you take us through what do you think uh such an organization would say that
3: well i think look if we're to be through i think it's actually quite absurd what she's saying because i for me i believe in the notion that you need to deconstruct it, everything from where it comes from uh, when you say we who is "we"? Uh, uh, there's a very lovely tradition within uh, political philosophy and even public policy where we say we need to investigate from where to come from mm. And we basically say, okay, who is we? And Because t- we now seem, seems to say, well, what you're saying. And I say, I'm going to get to the issue of the vaccine later. We seems to be assuming that, listen, everybody follows freedom under law. Now, now I'm a guy from the VAL. So I've never heard of freedom under law, and it doesn't influence anything in my life. And then the, the notion they make of saying, let's separate the chief justice from the rest of society. How can that be the case when, if I'm not mistaken, two years ago when you spoke up on... Uh, issues of corruption and ill ill discipline within leadership, particularly, paint, I think he was pointing the finger towards the last president. Mm-hmm. None of these organizations said, oh, my word, as a jurist, you're speaking beyond your beyond your mandate. Why? Because the person who he was supposedly going after, President Jacob Zuma, was not someone freedom under law was for. Mm-hmm. So for me, the hypocrisy is, so if, if I'm going after President Jacob Zuma, it's fine.
0: Mm-hmm. But if
3: I'm going after something which you, which you whoever this we is, we like, I, I, I do not agree. And then again, when you ask, when you say who's gonna to come to him, again, it shows a poor understanding of the South African judicial system mm-hmm. because there's lots of checks and balances. And if you were to, if whoever this make-believe case were to happen, they would have to go through all the appellate the divisions before it even gets to the constitutional court. And even within the constitutional court, the the justices sit down and each one gives a verdict and it has to be written down, documented, analyzed, and then carried forth. So I think freedom under law is being a bit disingenuous by not even explaining that, listen, in a country like America, when you pick chief justices, and you actually look at things such as their faith. I mean, one only has to look at uh, the late judge, Justice Collier, he was one of the most brilliant legal minds in the United States legally, but he was a very avowed practicing Catholic. And even when he spoke about abortion, people would say, but you know, you're against abortion. He said, listen, let's speak of it from a legal perspective. Mm -hmm. And I think what tends to be missing in this, and and this is about politics in general in South Africa when it comes to NGO is when you challenge them academically or even theoretically, Mm -hmm. you will find that they're very weak because what they, remember, these are people who are paid to speak a particular agenda and the agenda is most the majority of the time it's about secularism and not just secularism about no, well, like I said, it's a French type, which says, listen, there must be agnosticism, there must be atheism, but they never test themselves in the, in the public opinion with the majority of South Africans. And this is again, it goes back to a saying of, unfortunately, we have a very, I call it anemic type of Christianity in South Africa, where people never read about uh, the late Ravi Zacharias." people never read about what's in terms of apologetics where they where basically you actually can explain the differences between theology and the state and where you stand in it mm. so i think the, the onus is probably on us to to educate people more about what the different forms of secularism is from an education point of view but i think it's also on christians to be able to say listen surely you see different things in the world and you cannot just believe many of these organizations that happen to pop up only when chief justice mohile has said something They to be controversial,
1: mm-hmm. and and to pick up on that, what I found find interesting is that at every event that is there, we sing the national anthem, and it says "Inkosi Africa." Like basically, that's a prayer. So. Pastor Moko, we're looking at this. Why do you think there isn't an abro whenever we have to sing uh Sigeleli Africa? Because that's a prayer in itself. I mean, when the Chief Justice prayed, like, I always want to refer to the parliament scenario because this vaccine one, fine, we can talk about the context, which is another issue. But then when he prayed in parliament, I think for a whole week, it was it was making headlines, right? And then now he praises, making headlines. Why haven't we seen anyone come to challenge the national anthem? Because itself, it is a prayer. And some of the people that I've noticed uh, critiquing uh, the chief justice, they're actually sing Kose Africa. So are we, are we, are we hypocrites as, 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 as people? Oh, what's going on here?
2: Now look I, I I think to be fair um uh, the 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 rewriters of our national anthem would have removed some portions that strictly pointed out to Christianity mm-hmm. um, yes. those portions would have ta- been taken out um and and uh, in 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 most probable terms in their understanding of go uh, Sigelela. It's a it's a it's a it's a neutral deity, not necessarily pointing out to that's why that's why we always got to be careful when mm. people start talk about a god mm. or god. Uh, to it in what context are they talking about that? So people will not attack the national anthem uh, necessarily. They are by the way those that have mm-hmm. already started to ask questions, mm-hmm. uh, but they will not attack it simply because they understand that when you talk about ngcose sigelela it could come from a multiple uh, of perspectives. Um, a Jewish person can can fit in there. An Islam person can fit in there because there's a deity. And, and that talks to God, whether God in a capital G or God in a small g in our context. Mm-hmm. Um, those that sing the national anthem uh, assimilate to some type of a deity that it represents. Mm-hmm. Of course, those of us that know uh, Sontonga and and the, the actual writings, we actually understand that it is a prayer, mm-hmm. and it's a prayer that is said from fr- typically from a Christian background. Mm-hmm. So, so we, we accept it as such. But I guess that in a in a um, in a general secular space, it is uh, taken to say it could be a form of a term that is flexible mm-hmm. and, and and pliable. Uh, That's why people generally, you know, some of them don't recognize it as a prayer. Um, Even if they do recognize it as a prayer, it's a prayer that can be uh, general not only to Christian faith but to other forms of faith. And that's why I suspect that there's been very little uh, attack on on the national anthem because uh, different faiths can find themselves um, uh, in it. Um, But but I think also, uh, you know... um, you would agree that discourse uh, allows needs for us to empty different containers. And I don't want us to be very stereotypical in this conversation. I think um, it's very important for God um, to give us wisdom Mm. as leaders. Because um, if you're going to be occupying a, a public office and being a public figure there's a need for you to understand that you are leading. And leaders communicate to bring clarity. They communicate to ensure that they bring about unity. They never communicate to divide. Mm -hmm. And that's why I'm very grateful that on the Monday there was a press conference, though it was for something else, but uh, clarity was created Mm -hmm. to say, you might have not gotten me properly in my articulation uh, but let me clarify myself. I, I this is what I mean, this is what I do, and this is what um was meant by what I, I I particularly said. I also want to warn Christians in public office that would pray and pray from a from the flesh. Mm. Because you see, God protects his stuff. Mm. God protects his thing. And it's important that when we we engage in prayer we engage in prayer spiritually Mm -hmm. and we do not make our prayer a prayer is not a statement a prayer is a spiritual exercise Mm -hmm. so it's very important for all of us that are in public office to be able to know that i am praying and i'm praying a spirit filled prayer and i'm not circling scores you know you know there are those prayers that circle scores And, and I'm saying, let's not use prayer. Let's not abuse prayer. Let's not misuse prayer. Let's make people understand that let's wait a second and give Christians a chance to pray because this is a spiritual exercise. We
1: well, thank you so much. Thank you so much. Okay, before we go, so I would like to wrap this uh, conversation. We can talk and talk and talk. And since we are pushing boundaries, we're going to have these two gentlemen back. We're still going to explore more we're still going to educate because part of this show as well is also to educate so that tomorrow when we argue or when we get into a debate we get we get into it being informed you understand we don't speak as empty cans we, we go there knowing what what is secularism why do people make uh make comments about it what does the Constitution say about uh Christianity what does the Bible say about prayer what are they Different elements that of prayer that are there, and as Pastor Makubo said, that as a public official, what is it that you need to be careful of when you're praying, and what is it that you, we, 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 you, you you need to to be conscious of each and every time we're in public spaces. Uh, I would like to take this moment and say, uh, Kakiso, thank you so much. I'm going to have you back and to teach us more about governance so that we know I'm going to, in, to be a special advisor to the next president. So you, <laughs> mm-hmm. so that you help us in like f- a framing as Christians so that we take up these positions that are there. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you so much, Kakiso. Pastor Makuba, I would like to say... Thank you so much for for, for being with us and gracing us with your presence.